And I want us to continue in this vein of worship. It's exactly what I'm preaching about from the book of Joshua, chapter number 6 and verse number 10. We'll read one scripture together, Joshua 6 and verse number 10. Are you happy to be in church today? I'm glad to be in church today. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice. Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout. Then ye shall shout. I'm preaching today from this subject. Your voice is valuable. Your voice is valuable. I'd like you to look at your neighbor and just say that to him. Just tell it to him with conviction. Your voice is valuable amen amen put your bibles down and clap your hands to the lord and go ahead and raise that voice right now in the name of jesus in the name of jesus in the name of jesus blessed be the name of the lord hallelujah Amen. You can be seated if you'd like. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, which is either really encouraging or really discouraging, depending on how you're using your voice. The other day I read a quote that said, a smart person knows what to say, but a wise person knows whether to say it or not. Satan wants to hijack your voice. Now, by that, I don't necessarily mean that he wants you to be quiet. In fact, he loves it when we're busy using our voices in destructive ways. He loves gossip and backbiting. Satan loves cursing complaints and complacency in our conversations. He loves whiners and moaners. He loves fighting and arguing. He loves fear mongers and false prophets. But... When we receive the Holy Ghost, we speak with new tongues, literally and figuratively. We speak in a heavenly language or in an earthly language that we have never learned, nor do we understand. It is a supernatural act of God. That's the first evidence that God has filled us with his spirit. But beyond that, the Holy Ghost leads us and guides us into new ways of thinking and into new ways of speaking. The old timers used to say it this way, I don't talk like I used to talk. And then they'd go on and they'd say, and I don't walk like I used to walk. And I don't think like I used to think. And I don't live like I used to live. The liar stops lying. The cheater stops cheating. The hater stops hating when we receive the Holy Ghost. And the same tongue that used to curse God now worships God. The weak become strong and they become an overcomer. Because I am saved, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I wish somebody would fill your mouth with praise right now. 
Would you lift up your voice and fill your mouth with praise? Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Let everything, everything, everybody, every person, every individual, if you have breath in your body, you ought to be magnifying the Lord today. You ought to be exalting his name. Your voice becomes valuable once you are saved because if you have just a tiny seed of faith, you can speak to the mountain and tell it to get out of your way. Even your faith, everyone said faith. Even your faith is connected to a lifted voice because the Bible tells us that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord, which means that hearing and the preached word of God are the single most valuable assets in your life. If you want faith, you need the voice of a preacher. Yes, Preaching sounds like foolishness to this world, but to a child of God, preaching sounds like manna falling from heaven. I said this the other day and I'll say it again. Preaching is not meant to be a quiet seminar or a sleepy little speech that lulls us into dreamland. The church becomes powerful when they respond to the preached word of God with voices of triumph. Have you ever noticed that people have no problem with loud vocal responses at ball games, political rallies, clubs, or concerts? But when you try to lift up your voice in most churches, people think that you're crazy. But the Bible encourages us to shout, yay and amen. It tells us to lift our voices in one mind and in one accord. Right now, we're suffering through the season of politics and people are screaming themselves silly over politicians who will eventually and inevitably let them down. But today we are worshiping a God who will never leave us and he will never forsake us. He is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He is Jehovah Jireh, the provider. He is Jehovah Nisi, my banner in batter. Oh, hallelujah, somebody ought to praise the great God of glory today. He is the only one who is always deserving of our praise. He is always worthy. He is always worthy. He is always worthy of your lifted voice. Yes, he is. In our text today, Joshua was faced with the overwhelming task of conquering the famous walled cities of Jericho. Jericho was the first of many cities that had to be conquered in order to gain control of the land of Canaan that God had promised for his people. Most of us know how this story ends. We know that God told them to march around the city for seven days straight, and on the seventh day, God told them to march around Jericho seven times. And then they were to blow the trumpets and they were instructed to shout with voices of triumph. And we know from Sunday school that the walls fell down flat. An amazing, powerful story, an incredible display of God's power. And I've preached hundreds of times that they shouted before the walls fell down, which tells me that we should lift our voices with shout and praise and thanksgiving before God gives us the victory. If you're waiting for God to give you the victory before you worship, you've missed the point. Your voice 
is vital to your victory. I'm going to say that again and let it sink in. Your voice is vital to your victory. All right. Now, some of us would see more walls fall if you'd shout when the trumpets tell you to shout. Some of us would see more victories if we would shout when God tells us to shout. Some of us are waiting for things to happen just the way we want them to. And God is waiting on your voice to be lifted up in praise. Sometimes you've got to give God some preemptive praise. Sometimes you've just got to go ahead and praise God in advance. Because you know that he's a good God. You know that he's an on-time God. You know that he's an able God. You know that he's a worthy God. Somebody, I'm trying to pause here for a praise break right now. I'm trying to give somebody an opportunity to go ahead and give God what he already deserves. Some of you are waiting for me to get you to the certain place where you finally feel like giving God praise. Stop waiting on a feeling and go ahead and shout with a voice of triumph. Go ahead and shout until the walls come tumbling down. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to go ahead and say it again because I can feel the spirit of the age that that presses in on apostolic churches that love worship. I'm going to just say it again, and I know I've already hit this point, but people last night were up till 3 in the morning screaming at clubs and gyrating their bodies, and everybody said, oh, that's just really cool. But you come to the house of God and get excited about the goodness of Jesus, and people start looking down their noses at you. I'm going to tell you what. I'm tired of cultures that tell us we can paint our bodies and scream ourselves silly at ball games, and then they tell you to sit down and shut up at church. I can't help it when I think of what God has done for me. Woo! He saved me. He raised me. He healed me. He touched me. He delivered me. Are there any praisers in the house? Are there any praisers in the house? Are there any praisers in the house? When I look back over my life and I think things over, I can truly say, I can truly say, anybody have a testimony today? Wave your hand before the Lord as a testimony. Give the Lord a wave offering today. If he's ever healed your body, why don't you just wave your hand to him? If he's ever touched you, why don't you just wave your hand to the Lord? If he's ever delivered you, (laughs) yes, he's worthy. Yes, he's worthy. Hallelujah. So they shouted. Look at your neighbor and say, they shouted. They didn't whisper it. They didn't bow their heads and pray a silent prayer. They shouted. Some of y'all think you're shouting, but the devil's got such control of your voice that you can barely whisper. Some of y'all need to get some Holy Ghost boldness and shout with a voice. Now, now, we often overlook the little part of the story that we read where Joshua 
gives instructions to the people. And he tells them in advance, before they ever began their long march around the fortress, and Jericho was a fortressed city. He said to them something fascinating. He said, ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice. Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth. You know what he was telling them? I want you to keep your mouth shut while you're walking around the walls of Jericho. Until the day. How many are looking for a day? Some of y'all need that day to be today. Until the day that I bid you, then, everyone said then, shall ye shout. Why would Joshua tell the people to be quiet as they marched around the walls of Jericho? To find the answer, you've got to remember that this was not the first time that Joshua had seen this land or faced these walls. Forty years ago to the day, Joshua had been in that exact spot along with 11 other spies that Moses had commissioned with gathering information about the promised land. And the angel of the Lord had already told Moses and had already told the people that the land was theirs for the taking. The angel of the Lord had already told them that this land has been promised to you. This is your land. All you've got to do is go into it and take it. God has already given you the victory. Does anybody believe that God can give you the victory? Does anybody believe that God can cause giants to fall at your feet? Does anybody believe that God can cause walls to fall down flat in your life? Does anybody believe that God can deliver you from depression today? Does anybody believe that God can heal your marriage? Does anybody believe? And so there they were. These 12 spies. Among those spies was Joshua and Caleb. And they went through the land and they saw that it was a beautiful land flowing with milk and honey. It was a prosperous place. It was a beautiful place. And they brought back fruit and they brought back beautiful things from the land and they showed those things to the people. But while they were in the promised land doing their scouting mission, they also saw something that was not very encouraging. They saw that there were giants that roamed the lands. The sons of Anak were there, known for having an extra finger. They were giants among men. And they also saw that there were walled cities. They were fortressed cities that seemed impenetrable. And they were afraid when they saw those things. And so 10 of those 12 spies came back to God's people and they came back to Moses. And the Bible says that they returned with an evil report. They said, we're like grasshoppers in our own sight. When, when we compare 
ourselves to these giants. We feel as insignificant and powerless as grasshoppers. What were they really saying? They were really saying, we cannot take this land. They're stronger than we are. They're mightier than we are. They're more protected than we are. We'll never get through the walls of Jericho. We'll never make it through. And I'll tell you the reality of some things in life. There are many walls that you will never see fall when you're trying to break them down on your own. There are some things that only God can do. And they were so busy looking at themselves. And they were so busy looking at what they were capable of doing. Ryan French is not capable of doing much. But with God, nothing shall be called impossible. They were saying we can't when they should have been saying I can do all things through Christ. Now, Caleb and Joshua tried to push back against this tide of doubt and unbelief. And, and they said, listen, let us go at once and take the land. We can do it right now. Listen, we can go right now. But the people were swayed by the evil report of 10 spies who said, we can't do this. We won't survive it. We just can't. I'm sorry, but it's not possible. And the entire congregation of Israel was swayed by the report of ten evil men. The Bible says that it was so depressing and it was such a terrible scene that all of the people began to weep and to mourn at the evil report. They said it's true, we can't do it. And in spite of the fact that Moses, and in spite of the fact that Caleb, and in spite of the fact that Joshua said, don't listen to that evil report. We can do this. Just, just remember what God has already told us. Does anybody have any promises from God today? Does anybody have any things that, that God has told you are going to come to pass and, and you don't know how it's going to come to pass? It doesn't seem like it's possible for it to come to pass. That's where these people were. We don't know how. We just know that God said that it will happen. It even got so bad that the people began to complain against Moses. And they began to speak of returning back to Egypt in the famous story where the people literally said it would be better if we were back in Egypt, even though we were slaves there, even though they murdered our children and they beat us in Egypt. At least we had garlic and onions, and at least we had some food to eat. At least, at least in Egypt, we had some comforts of home. And they looked back over their shoulder, and they even plotted among themselves to overthrow Moses as their leader. And all of this brought the wrath of God upon them. And Joshua and Caleb tore their clothing, and they begged the people not to rebel against the Lord and not to be afraid of the giants. But the people were listening to the wrong voices and they were using their own voices with fear rather than faith. And because of 10 evil voices, they were able to sway millions of people. And so God had to banish the Hebrews to wander in the wilderness for another 40 years. 
and you fast forward to the text that we read and Joshua is having deja vu standing in front of the walls of Jericho and once again God speaks to his man and says you're going to take this city you're going to have the victory you're going to get through this sickness you are going to make it through this trial you're going to come out of this tribulation like purified gold you're going to make it you're going to make it and what God told them to do sounded strange can you imagine if God said here's how you're going to get the victory you're going to march around that city and then you're going to blow trumpets and you're going to lift up your voice it's the same response that people have when preachers try to explain that if you would just lift up your voice, God would touch you. And I watch as people wrestle with themselves. And they're trying, but they just can't get the faith. And they can't get over the voices in their head that are telling them to just but your voice is valuable. Yes, it is. We have revival coming up, and let me just say, I have never seen anyone receive the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues who would not lift up their voice and worship the Lord because your voice is valuable. When you lift up your voice, things begin to happen. When you call on the name of Jesus, pastor talked about it this morning in the adult Sunday school lesson. And he said, he said, there are some things that I don't say out loud because I don't want the devil to know exactly what I'm thinking or what I'm going through. Because did you know the devil cannot read your mind? He is not omnipresent. He's not, not omnipotent. He doesn't know your thoughts. Only God knows the thoughts and the intents of your heart. And, and I thought of that, and that's so true. There, sometimes there are things that you just don't need to let the devil know you're thinking. There's some stuff that you ought to just plead the blood over in your heart and in your mind and let God deal with you internally. Don't, don't speak that out and let the devil know what you're thinking. Don't let him know what temptation you're struggling with. But then I thought the reverse is also true. The Bible tells us to rebuke the devil. And he must flee. A lot of people, you're trying to rebuke the devil in your mind. And that's humanism. The devil can't read your mind. You need to open up your mouth and say, get thee behind me, devil, in Jesus' name. Devil, I command you to flee right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's the value of your voice. And it's not your authority. You do it in the name of Jesus. The only saving name. Somebody ought to rebuke the devil right now. Some of you are wrestling against voices right now. You ought to plead the blood of Jesus. Open up your mouth and plead the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Ha ha. Ha ha. And here Joshua was 40 years after the voices of 10 spies swayed an entire nation away from their destiny, away from their potential in God, away from their blessing, away from their breakthrough, 
away from their deliverance, away from their promise. And he stood in that same place and he looked at those same walls and he said, I am not about to let history repeat itself. I'm not going to let faithless people march around walls uh, and start gossiping uh, and start talking about how difficult this is uh, and start talking about what happens if the walls don't fall. Uh, anybody know what I'm talking about today? Uh, I'm not about to start letting people talk about how maybe we'll never see this church filled with sinners. Uh, maybe we'll never see the Holy Ghost poured out like it was on the book of Acts. Uh, maybe we'll never see our loved ones saved. Maybe we'll never see them healed. I'm not about to let that happen. No, no, no. We're going to walk silently around those walls, thinking about how great our God is, anticipating what God is about to do, thinking about the goodness of God, thinking about the promises of God, looking at the Ark of the Covenant that is going out before us into battle. Anybody know you need the presence of God anytime you go into battle? I'm not marching through this world without the Holy Ghost from the top of my head to the sole of my feet and there's some things I'm just not going to talk about and there's some fears I'm just not going to talk about there's some conversations I just refuse to have because I'm on a mission to see walls fall down I've got a destiny to go into the promised land and I can't do it listening to unbelief listening to fear listening to doubt <laughs> and so, and so, people don't understand it when I won't talk like that. And people don't like it when I won't have those conversations. And sometimes they say, you're just a holier than thou. Well, I might be, but I'm fixing to see some walls fall down. <laughs> I'm fixing to see God do great and mighty things. I don't have time to worry about it. I don't have time to gossip about it. I don't have time to fight about it. I don't have time to argue with my brother. I don't have time to backbite against my sister because I'm fixing to see walls fall down. And oh, the same voice that will keep you away from your promise is the same voice that will get you into your promise. Woo. I said the same voice that will keep you out of your promise is the same voice that is going to get you to your promise. I'm going to tell you what somebody needs to do. You need to stop listening to the voices that say never. You need to stop listening to the voices that say we can't. You need to stop listening to the people that say, I wonder why God chose to do it this way. And the giants are too big. And the walls are too high. And the problems are too insurmountable. You need to say no. No, 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 no. And just keep on marching. He that will endure to the end. He that will endure to the end is going to receive a crown. Keep on marching. Keep on marching. 
Keep on marching. Don't look to the right and don't look to the left because you got walls that are about to fall down. You got things that are about to happen in the spirit. You got miracles that are about to take place. Deliverance is about to happen for you. And I don't mean tomorrow. I said, I'm not just preaching about tomorrow. I said, I'm not just preaching about tomorrow. I'll tell you what God dealt with me last night. We're on the seventh day today. And we're on the seventh march today. And I'll tell you what somebody needs to do in the realm of the spirit. You need to shout with a voice. I don't know what walls you need to fall down. Some of y'all have walls of sickness that need to come crashing down. I'll tell you what you need to do. Lift up your voice and shout with a voice of triumph calling on the name of Jesus. Some of you have walls of fear that need to come crashing down. I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to stand up on your feet and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Some of you have walls of depression that are crumbling in on you. And you need to say in the name of Jesus, I need to be delivered today, Lord. And then you need to shout with a voice of triumph. Some of you have walls in your family and walls in your marriages and walls in your friendships and walls in your thought life. Some of you have been seeking for the Holy Ghost for a long time and you don't understand why you haven't received the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. I'll tell you what you need to do. Open up your mouth and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And I'm going to tell you the Holy Ghost is going to fall on you like manna from heaven. Some of you have walls of doubt and walls of bitterness and walls of unbelief and walls of hatred. And you need to open up your mouth. The same voice that got you in trouble when you lift it up to God with a shout of triumph. It's going to cause those things to come crashing down in your life. The same voice that kept you from your promise and kept you from your deliverance hallelujah it's going to unlock the power of God in your life and in your spirit hallelujah 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 some of y'all have been waiting on promises for a long time some of you have been waiting on things that have not been fulfilled and it's been your own voice that's kept you away from the promise. You need to make up your mind. I'm not living another day beneath my privilege. I'm not living another day outside of where God wants me to be. I'm not going to wander in the wilderness for one more minute. But God has called me to march around this wall and lift up my voice. And he's told me that he's going to give me the victory. If anybody is holding on to an unfulfilled promise from God why don't you be the first to come to this altar why don't you be the first to come you've been waiting for a long time Mary Mary don't weep Martha don't cry Lazarus is going to be raised Lazarus will be raised Lazarus will be raised because with God 
all things. You better not come quietly. You better not come silently. You better come with your voice lifted. You better come with a shout on your lips. I said you better come with a shout on your lips. I rebuke the spirit of the enemy that wants us to be a silent, quiet, intimidated church. We are not afraid of the giants. We are not afraid of the walls. We are not afraid of the future. We are not afraid of the gates of hell. (laughs) Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. (laughs) If you need deliverance today, throw up your hands and shout unto God. If you need deliverance today, if you need a miracle in your body, If you need a miracle in your life, in your relationships, throw up your hand and shout unto God. Oh, yeah.